Hello, hello. You found us again on Boomerangs. This is Ruth. And this is Mike. Today is our 100th episode, Woo! and we're going to take a bit of a trip down memory lane. Oh, boy. And <laughs> we don't know what we're going to talk about. Mike saw a movie. I saw a series, but we're just going to check in on what we'll the last see. year has been like. Yeah, let's do that. I'm going to describe the last year in one word, and that is lonely. Mm. I felt very, very lonely. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't without, what is it? There's a difference between loneliness and solitude. I did have a lot of solitude, but I really missed being social. Mm -hmm. I missed going out. I missed seeing people. I miss seeing you. And I'm just so glad that we're getting out of it as much as we're getting out of it. We seem to be. There's no scary variants show up. I'm taking a trip to New York. That's exciting. Yes, in like three weeks. Right. So we may miss an episode then. We'll see if I actually end up taking my computer with me. I just haven't decided whether I'm doing that or not. How has this year been for you? Well, think about it. It was this crazy pandemic lifestyle. So, of course, it was jarring and disorienting and weird. I kind of liked the solitude. Yeah, it kind of worked for you for a while. Yeah, but it worked, and I didn't know it wasn't working until I did get out and see people. Like, I hooked up with that hiking group. Yeah. And I don't even know why I did it. I think I did it because I knew it was the only time in my life when driving from here to Los Feliz would only take me 15 <laughs> minutes because there was no, nobody out in their cars. Yeah, right. And I have to take advantage of, of the, of the uh, lack of traffic. But, you know, I would come back from that hike and I would feel so energized. So I felt the benefit of going out and being with people. But I, I was numb to my own pain of oh, loneliness. Oh, uh-huh. So it was by some miracle I made a decision to, to join that group. So I did notice the isolation. Yeah. But I saw you every week, even if it was on Zoom. And I had meetings with work people all the time, even though it was on Zoom. And definitely there's, a, there's something missing when you're only looking at a two-dimensional image compared to actually experiencing the presence of another being. So it's important. Yeah. But I feel like I got through okay. I felt like I was getting a real special deal because I could work from home and nobody cared. In fact, they wanted me to work from home and I could do everything I do at work from home. So that was all good. But it was also the year of the election. That's true. I forgot about that. Yeah. So all these big things were happening at the same time. I was thinking about how strange it was that Joe Biden won the election, even though he didn't have rallies. I mean, to speak of, they were in cars. People were in cars. Right, right. And the Democrats weren't going around wearing masks and knocking on people's doors like the Republicans were. Right. They were ignoring all the mask requirements. And he won in spite of all that. Yeah. In spite of all the isolation and all the barriers. And maybe partly because of it, to the degree that it might have increased voter turnout with all of the ways they devised for people to be able to vote. Yeah, that's true. A lot of people voted by mail. And it just made the Republicans' heads explode. (laughs) But they had more people vote too. They had an increase also. Yeah, so it benefited them. Right. They got their 74. (laughs) What did Trump say this week? He was grousing about something and he goes, and I got almost 74 million. And it's like, well, yeah, but Joe Biden got over 81 million. Yeah, sorry, (laughs) guy. Yeah. But anyway, so it was a consequential year. And I think whatever discomfort I had from the pandemic was mitigated a bit by 
the relief I felt at the end of the Trump I era. Guess I felt relief, but leading up to it, I felt such anxiety. Oh, I know. It was It was, it was so horrible. And it was also, in 2018, I had been really actively That's right. doing something. So you had a sense of... Purpose. Yes. And it helped you not feel so victimized it by did. the chances of loss. Yes. Mm-hmm. And this time, I did nothing. Did I do something? I feel like I did something. I mostly had Zoom meetings, which yeah. drove me crazy. But yeah, it was a lot. It was anxiety on top of the stress for me of being alone. Right. Although I had a therapist I saw online. I had a women's group I saw on Zoom. I had a group therapy, which I did on Zoom. You had family visits? I had a couple of family visits. Mm -hmm. And I I had a hip replacement. And you had that. The great thing that happened to me on Mother's Day was the girls gave me a Peloton bike. Oh, right. Because I didn't have spin classes, which had been my mainstay. Right. And I had this hip replacement, which had made me immobile. Right. And, you know, I was walking and I hate walking the way that I had to walk, sort of endlessly clomping around the neighborhood. It just was not like being in nature and Lake Hollywood is open. So I've been going around there, which is much better, although it's really long. It's 3.3 miles. So that's a long walk for me. To go around it? To go around the whole thing. But you walk more than that. I did. I was into walking the first few months of this thing and then I saw a YouTube that said that it's healthier for a man of my age who wants to cut down on the level of visceral fat uh-huh. in his midsection to do high intensity interval training. My walk was, I don't know if it was two miles or three, but I would walk for over an hour almost daily and it was great. That's a lot. Yeah. I really got into it though. It was it was really mind clearing. I loved it. Yeah. But I switched to this 10 minute run for a minute, walk for a minute, run for a minute. So that's my thing now. But I've been very diligent. That's right. I do that every day. But yeah, here's my survival program for pandemic. But I'm hoping to keep it going now that we're coming out of it. I do a 10-minute meditation. I sight read one small piece on the piano, which is supposed to keep your brain going. Oh, I eat one avocado a day, which is also supposed to help the brain. (laughs) I do my run walk for about 12 minutes. I do 15-ish minutes of yoga, different kinds. And there's this great app slash TV station called Gaia, G-A-I-A, that has like hundreds of different kinds of yoga stuff, different levels and all of that. What's my other thing? Yoga, running, meditation. Oh, push-ups. 80 push-ups a day. Oh, wow. That's a lot. Well, I'm I'm getting up to 100. Once I hit 100, I'm going to stop at 100. But I've gone from like 50 to 80. I add one more every week. And you look marvelous. And thank you. I'm just huge. I have pecs that would make Chris Lavoie jealous. <laughs> and there's something else I do. Those things that you're describing, you had talked about them months ago, and I just didn't know whether you were going I to actually continue them. them. I still do them. That's so wonderful. Yeah. There's five. Piano, push-ups, run, walk. Meditate. Uh, meditate. And yoga. There it is. Okay. That's yeah. five. That's a lot of lichen. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's a lot of activity. It's great. You know, for a person who tends toward low-grade or sometimes mid-grade depression, I have learned that doing physical things is much more powerful than trying to change my thinking. That's such a great revelation. It's really true. And, you know, they're coming out. Like, who's this guy? Bessel van der Kolk is the kind of the guru on trauma recovery. And he has these books. He has a book called The Body Keeps the Score. And the researchers are finding that some of the best ways to deal with stored trauma from childhood or whenever is through things like yoga. 
I heard about that when someone was describing rolfing to me. Mm -hmm. And that part of rolfing is, I guess, one of the reasons it's so painful but effective is that it breaks down those barriers that you build up over unconscious trauma. Right. There's a whole new philosophy. I think it's called somatic. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Having to do with how your body... Somatic experiencing. Yeah. That's a, that's a branch of therapy that's big now. Yes. And I know someone who is a therapist who mm-hmm. went through the whole training for that. Right. And I think that's right, that your body is very much attached to your emotions. I can tell you that when I get tired, I get very sad. I have a hard time mm-hmm. being perky and up when I'm physically run down. And I have to be very careful about not doing that. Mm-hmm. I have to really pace myself. Right. So Anyway, I think I'm going to look back at this period of time as strangely eventful because of the election, my hip replacement surgery, mm-hmm. visits from my youngest daughter. Yeah. There were definitely highlights and lowlights. Also, I got this little parrot. Oh, yeah. And I have to say, having a nonverbal relationship mm-hmm. with a wild animal, which mm-hmm. birds are wild animals, right. is really gratifying. Mm-hmm. It's a wonderful, magical thing. I can imagine. It is really special. Yeah. And there are things about it that just aggravate the hell out of me. Mm-hmm. At the same time, I think about how much lonelier I would have been had I not had a pet around right. that was as engaged. And birds are very engaging. Mm-hmm. They're very present animals Mm -hmm. they need their flock they do and i'm i'm his flock yeah and i'm happy to be his we need it too we're herd animals well i am really looking forward to this summer i'm taking a trip early in the summer It's been two years since I've been in New York. Mm. It seems like a lot longer than it's been. So I'm curious to see what the city looks like. Yeah. If it's going to be any different. The thing that'll be strange is there won't be any Broadway open. Right, not yet. But I had pictures from my friends who were there and they were at the Metropolitan Museum and things like that are open. Yeah. There's yeah. plenty to do. Yeah, there will be. And it'll be after June 15th, which is when a lot of indoor restrictions are coming down. I think that's for us, but I think that... Is New York already there? They're already there. Okay. Oh, and the one thing that, that I want to ask you to do is get a Hollywood Bowl ticket. Oh. Because I haven't... Except for that one time with you and Bud and Linda. Right. It would probably was 10 years since oh, wow. I've been. And I'd love to go, even yeah. though I cannot afford a box seat. Yeah, those that's are, a bit much. Those are a lot. The great thing about the bowl, though, is since the advent of jumbotrons, you don't have to have a good seat. Oh, do they have jumbotrons? Oh, now? yeah, all over the place. You can see anything from anywhere because oh. even when you have a great seat, a lot of the times you're looking at the jumbotron anyway because oh. you want to see more detail. So I didn't realize that. Yeah, so it it doesn't matter anymore. There's a lot of good stuff going on, too. Mm-hmm. So we should put our heads together. And- I'll see anyone, just anyone but Christian Chenoweth. I will not Oh, no, I'm not. No, not a fan. Did you want to talk about the movie that you saw? I saw the most brilliant movie on Hulu. It's called The Guilty. It's a Danish crime movie. The director's name is Gustav Möller. And it's about a 911 operator, a cop who's actually, he's on desk duty because you don't know quite why. Oh, and a woman calls him. Yeah. I've seen it. It's brilliant. Oh my God. And she's being kidnapped. Yeah. And what's so brilliant. And it's just him. Yes. It's just the one. It's so riveting. You know, Robert McKee was the guru of writing a good screenplay. It takes everything that he says and just tosses it aside. (laughs) And it says, fuck you, Robert McKee. I'm doing something different. Because there's no action. There's no characters except the one guy. It's all the actor. 
It's this one guy for two hours, and it, it's totally riveting. Yeah. Just by hearing the conversations, and you do get to hear the voices through of the, the other phone people. Yeah. of the people he talks to. Yeah. It's brilliant. Oh, I'm so glad you liked it. I completely yeah. forgot the title. That's oh, why I didn't remember that I'd seen it. it. Who knows? I mean, that's the anglicized title, because it's probably got a different title in the Danish original. Probably, yeah. The only thing that depressed me was I, I was looking for it again today on IMDb, and they came up with they're making a, an American version of it, of his script, of that guy's story. You mean they're just going to translate it? Well, I don't know. He's down as the writer still. Okay. Anyway, there's going to be an American version with Jake Gyllenhaal. It's supposed to come out this year. But what makes me doubt the quality of it is they have a list of the actors that are in it. And it's a long list what? of actors. So unless they're all doing voiceovers, and really there were only like four voiceovers in oh, the yeah. whole movie. What was so brilliant about it was the aloneness of this guy. And you're watching it and you're saying to yourself, how can I possibly still be riveted by this movie? There's been no action. Yes. There's just been a guy on a phone. I still don't know how he did it. But he did it. Well, it's like a monologue. Yeah. In a way. But you think With in all a this film that, that would become boring. But it doesn't. No. They make, they make the plot build. And then there's these twists that take you by surprise and oh, just tear your heart out. Yeah. You know? So that's my find of the month, I would say. Yeah. That was a great pick. Good choice. Yeah. Thumbs up. Yeah. Two thumbs up. And then I saw the horrible movie called The Invitation. Well, I thought it was I saw also. I thought it was weird, mm-hmm. but I thought it was fascinating. Right when it started, it's a party at an old friend's house, and it had that sort of scream feel to me. It yeah. felt like, oh, this is a horror film. Okay. And so I, for me, that makes me check out. Actually, some of the acting was pretty good. There was an Asian woman playing one of the guests at the party who was particularly good, really uh-huh. believable. Right when I started it, I thought, don't watch this whole movie, Mike. You can tell already it's not your cup of tea. (laughs) But all those reviewers on Rotten Tomatoes said how great it was. So I'm going to watch it. I watched it, but I just felt like I lost a couple of hours. I didn't feel that way. I was, again, I thought it was fascinating. Mm -hmm. I couldn't tell where the hell it was going. Mm -hmm. It was one of those things where things did not add up. Yeah. You just think, boy, if I was around these people, I'd just say, like, bye-bye. I'll just skip the yeah. entree and yeah. leave now. Yeah. But I thought the denouement was really interesting. Yeah. I thought it was a satisfying ending, considering how bizarre the yeah. rest of it was. Well, there's an ending and then an ending. Yeah. And the, that second ending was interesting. I did perk up at that. I thought, oh, huh, imagine that. Yeah. So. And, it, and I think that there was just something about it because it was located in, in the, the Hollywood, Hollywood Hills, Hills. Yeah. And it felt familiar. Yeah, it had those views of the city yeah. through the trees, that yeah. whole thing. That yeah. whole ethos of the Hollywood Hills. And the idea that things were going on that couldn't really be identified. Right. And that people were being very bizarre. Yeah. And for no known reason. Right. I, I don't know. I just, I no, remember were, liking yeah. it. Yeah. There were story elements that did work for me. The fact that the guy who comes to the party and knows, they all know each other from earlier. They're like old friends. Yeah. They haven't seen each other in a long time. Right. But he used to live in that house. Oh. with the creepy girl. All the characters have this shared awful past, which okay. kind of does add to the story tension. But mm. Ultimately, it didn't work for you. Is that what you're trying to say? Yeah. Just a little contrived on the... Uh, there were definitely contrivances, but for me, it was strange and compelling, and yeah. it ultimately it worked. Right. So we'll have to 
agree to disagree yes, on this one. Yes, it's true. And it's very true, too, that you see a movie, and depending on what's happened to you that day, what mood you're in, how tired you are or not, there's so many factors that affect your experience oh, that aren't in the film itself. I know. I remember watching Moulin Rouge and not liking it at all mm -hmm. and just thinking, what a weird movie. They're mm -hmm. singing The Sound of Music. What yeah. is this about? And then I watched it another time and loved it. No, yeah. I love Moulin Rouge. I watched a series. People have been talking about this series, and I've avoided it because it's about sports, but it's oh. called Ted Lasso. Okay. It stars Jason Sudeikis from Saturday Night Live. He plays a small-time football coach at, I believe it's a university, okay. and not, a, not one of the mm -hmm. top ten universities mm -hmm. for football. But he turned around a team who was last place, and then they, I think, became first place. He gets offered a job in England to coach a soccer team, which is called football there, but has really very little bearing on what football is here. Mm -hmm. The whole point of it is he is just Southern nice. He's a nice guy. And the writing around him is very strong. But I'm going to have to see a few more episodes to find out if that character really is going to work its way into my little heart. Oh, okay. Because it's a little bland right now. Right. And I used to think that Jason Sudeikis was really not a very good actor. I think he might have found his vehicle in this. Hmm. But I'm not 100% sure. Mm-hmm. I watched my daughter play soccer for years. I mean years. And it's mm -hmm. called The Beautiful Game. Mm -hmm. I watched five minutes of these soccer players in the series and thought to myself, oh my God, how did they do that? That's amazing. Now I understand why people are so crazy about soccer because people do things with their feet that you can't even imagine. Uh, and their heads. And their heads. <laughs> yeah. Their feet and their heads. <laughs> He's absolutely a fish out of water. And no one is pretending like his being there is a great thing. Mm. except the owner of the team, who actually brought him over there because her husband used to own the team. He was playing around on her. She divorced him, got the team in the divorce. Ah, cool. But her husband loves that team, mm. and she wants to destroy it. So oh, she's wow. brought this inexperienced coach in oh, okay. in order to have him just decimate the whole thing. And the reverse happens. And it's like the producers. I think so. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's the only way I can see it going. Otherwise, yeah. it wouldn't have lasted through a whole season right. with the second season now right, right. coming upon us. But it's on Apple Plus, which I got not because I signed up for it, but because I had ordered an iPad and sent it back. Didn't, oh, okay. didn't want it. But a I still got price. They, they didn't take away my Apple Plus, so I have it until July 5th. Uh. I, I figure I'll watch Ted Lasso until then. <laughs> it's very well written, I will say that. And his sidekick is hysterical. Mm. His, his sidekick is worth the price of admission. Mm -hmm. So I will report more as I see it. Very cool. And I think that we're... Is it a wrap? Yeah. It's time to say goodbye to our Boomer friends. Bye, Boomer pals. Bye, Boomers. Great to talk with you, and we will be back in a week. Summer's coming. Masks yeah. are coming off. Yeah, Here get we those go. vaccinations. Okay. Bye. Bye.